Welcome everyone to the inaugural episode of Cup Check. We're happy to have you. My name is Justin Thompson. I'm here with my co-host TJ Steger. TJ, wild week in the NFL. What do you make of everything that happened? Yeah, it was crazy. It was a lot of unexpected wins, a lot of injuries. Um, I, we definitely saw a lot of bad play out of my Bears. We're definitely going to get into that one. But yeah, it's been it's been a crazy season so far. Well, TJ, I share your misery in regards to uh, lamenting the losses of our, our teams this week as ugly displays put on by both the Bears and my Steelers. Um, and we saw a lot of hard hits, a lot of amazing touchdowns this week, but I think the biggest culprit when it came to injuries was the, the turf fields around the league. They claimed some victims, including some, some pretty high-profile victims. Uh, what do you make of all that? So the biggest thing is the Sterling Shepard injury. You can't, you can't go around that and not think, like, okay, he was going in a straight line, no one touched him, and he just snaps his ACL. Pulled up immediately. Like, he knew right away. Yeah, you can tell. OBJ instantly went to Twitter and was mm-hmm. talking about, like, we got to get rid of these turf fields, all that stuff. Um, I heard on the Pat McAfee show today they were talking about it, and it was basically all players pretty much agree, like, okay, now get rid of these turf fields. Like, if the owners are willing to pay for it to keep up with the grass and to install the grass, get grass fields. And you would like to think that, they would want to keep their players safe and all that, but it is a business, so they do definitely take in cons- into consideration that that price. So, yeah, it's it's a tough a tough thing to deal with. Right, and on the other side of the coin, I mean, when you say they're businesses, these aren't rinky-dink mom-and-pop businesses. These are multi-million-dollar corporations. So you'd expect that they would be more than happy to shell out so that their employees might play. Um, on surfaces that aren't going to injure them and are going to be conducive to keeping them healthy. Because at the end of the day, those are the guys that put butts in the seats and those are the guys that, that fans show up to want to see. So uh, it's, it's a shame that we even really have to be having this conversation about safe playing conditions here in 2022 because uh, that should be pretty standard, I feel like. I, I mean, uh, I think it would uh, every team uh, should, have, should have grass fields and fields that are in really good shape come Sunday. Yeah, that's I agree completely. I mean, you could say grass fields that are in good condition, but I am a Bears fan, so Soldier Field <laughs> definitely does not fit that. So but, you know uh, a thing or two. Yeah, but uh, we got that new Bermuda grass in there, so yeah. hopefully that hopefully that holds tight. Yeah, that's but, true. And then what were there? I mean, Tua. Yeah. Did you see that? That yeah. was absolutely crazy, unreal. And it turns out like he passed all of his. Um, concussion protocols. Yeah, which was kind of unexpected just based on having seen it. Yeah. Because it was I mean, ugly. They instantly came out and said when he came back out that it was a back injury from earlier in that game. Uh-huh. And when he came down and it kind of just like aggra- aggravated it. And, but I mean, I've never seen a guy hit his head, get up, start stumbling, and then been like, oh yeah, it's probably his back. Yeah, right. It's it seemed odd right off the bat because it was it was obvious to anyone who watched it that this that he's seriously mentally impaired at the moment and that he needs to go if not go into the concussion protocols he needs to be checked out. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I fully understand like why the league is trying to uh, investigate that because yeah. everyone with a brain would think the same thing of like, okay, no, he has a concussion, like you got to take him out. But I mean, he passed everything already. Like they've 
they've gone through all of all of the necessary precautions mm -hmm. and he's passed so i mean i guess it's it really is a back problem but yeah. i mean i think the sports books right now have the dolphins at a plus three and a half against the Bengals, which mm -hmm. is kind of inferring that tua will not be playing this weekend right yeah points um, to that yeah so even if it's not a concussion like it, that back problem is definitely a thing that they're taking very seriously and as you should when you yeah. get up start stumbling right <laughs> and had to get carried off the field pretty much so. yeah and while we're on the topic of that one that was a good one we had in miami i mean temperatures i heard today stefan Diggs was saying we had 95 plus with 90 percent humidity down in miami i mean stefan said he needed a couple ivs after the game to replenish himself and somehow the dolphins pulled it out they got out in terms of yardage i think they got outgained 450 something to 297 is that right yeah, yeah. almost 500 yards they pretty much doubled them in every statistic yeah all of that yeah. first downs they absolutely murked the dolphins <laughs> yeah. like i mean it was if you look at the stat sheet only and not the score you would think that the bills just did what they did to the titans again <laughs> right. like, no reason to think the dolphins won that game no not at all no. and then you take into consideration <laughs> that uh the punter punted the ball off of <laughs> Yeah, the In, into the butt cheeks of, yeah. his, of his I mean, teammate. That is just that's a tough scenario. That was a new. That was a new one. And afterward, he said that he has got a W tattooed on his butt now. <laughs> he said, "I got a dub tattooed on my ass." That was perfect. And I, I can say, I mean, that's that's a great thing. It, it, you watch the game so long, and you always see something new and funny like that. And for it to happen in in a pretty crucial moment in the game, and for them to actually come back from that and win despite, I mean, just a, a heck of a game. And uh, I don't know if we'll ever see something like that again. And only adding to the hilarity was the angle that the ball took when it left oh his my. buttocks straight up into the air. Yeah. <laughs> just, it could not have been, it couldn't have looked any more cartoonish. There should have been, if there hasn't, if there isn't already, there needs to be an edit where the ball either goes boing, or, <laughs> or it need, there needs to be some great edit where <laughs> there's a lot to play with there. So there's gonna be way too much with. to play with. Mark Sanchez <laughs> came on Twitter and uh -huh. was like, "Oh, finally, like I'm <laughs> yeah. no longer gonna be only remembered for the butt fumble. Like I now we have freed. a butt fumble." Yeah, I am freed. <laughs> and then that same thing, the Jimmy G stepping out of the end zone. Dan Orlovsky tweeted out freedom. Yeah, thank he's, you. Thank he's you. finally out of that one. <laughs> he's got someone else with him. Well, the Jimmy G one is great because it was the lesser of two evils. Are we going to have a pick six on this play? Are we going to have a safety? Yeah, right. <laughs> Those are the two options. You're either going to give them six or give them two. Yeah. So I guess they, I guess they sort of died before. I mean, it still wasn't as bad as Dan Orlovsky. No, I mean, Orlovsky ran straight his out. Was the egregious, three, yeah. four yards. Yeah. He was so, almost past the paint. Like he yeah. was into the photographers. Yeah. He's about to do a Lambo leap. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're not out of the gate yet. Yeah, like, I mean, there is a lot going on there that. Yeah. Jimmy G didn't do quite that, but it's still embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, not so much. <laughs> but, wow, that, I mean, the weekend was just crazy. Uh, the Jags. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought that yeah. the Jags would have been looks like one? And I mean, really, like after they beat the last two teams, like I don't know how they lost to the Commanders. Like yeah. they just looked like a completely different team than they did in Week One. Yeah. And I mean, no one thought this was going to happen at no. all. I there, I think they're there. It's still early, so it, they could be an anomaly. But it looks as though they're they're ahead of schedule in terms of, of where we expected um, Trevor's development to be and the, the lines uh, doing a good job of giving him time. And he looks, he looks poised. He's slinging it around. 
Yeah, and the, the run game complements well. Um, the defense is ascending. Um, they have a really good squad. And, I mean, that it speaks a lot to just how putrid the environment must have been under Urban Meyer. And oh, yeah, just, 100%. Just not uh, the, how terrible the culture might have been. But Doug Peterson's been there before. I mean, he's he's got a ring on his finger for a reason. So, um it's uh, i think they're under much better leadership now yeah. um it's it's crazy how much one coach can and his staff can turn around a program like that yeah like i mean last year they were just god awful like trevor lawrence couldn't hit a simple pass uh james robinson tore his achilles so they didn't know if they were going to be without him yeah or if how he was going to recover etn had a broken leg last year he's coming mm-hmm. back now finally and i mean he's doing some good things Christian Kirk, everyone, everyone thought, wow, you overpaid for that. Yeah, you showed up way too much. I mean, he's going off. Zay Jones is going off. Evan Ingram is going off. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that whole team right now, their defense is crazy. And, I mean, I understand that the Chargers have a lot of injuries. And, I mean, Justin Herbert, like, he's playing with three ribs right now. Like, I mean, come on. But – to win that game, what, like 38 to 10? Yeah, convincingly. Yeah, really. I mean, it was never a game. They kicked their ass right yeah. up and down the field. And, I mean, James Robin, Robinson had, a, like, I think a 38 yarder touchdown. I, yeah, I saw that one. Week broke. two, and then yeah. a 50 yard touchdown this, yeah. this past Sunday. And, I mean, toward Achilles, like, I don't know of anyone else that have come back and been better. Than before they tore their Achilles. Yeah, normally that's, that's a death. Crazy. Normally that's a death sentence in terms yeah. of your your uh, explosiveness. And but to beat to beat the the Colts and Chargers in back to back weeks so convincingly, and then to watch the Colts go ahead and beat KC. Yeah, I mean, I mean they have a lot to thank the refs for that one. Yeah, no, no five no. minutes left in the game. You get you get a nice little uh, hey, take this fifteen yards. And yeah, keep, stay on the field. Here, here. you go. That yeah. was kind of wild. <laughs> Abusive language. Is yeah, what they were calling it. Yeah, that's. I mean, in the NFL, that's kind of wild. To, uh, yeah, <laughs> give them a 15-yard penalty there. And what the heck did he have said that was? Because I think was some sort of abusive language is the norm across the leagues. I don't know exactly what he could have yeah. said. Yeah, <laughs> pretty sure there's probably. I don't know what he said, but there's probably been a lot worse said on the field. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that's a crazy, crazy scenario there. But I mean, the Colts needed that. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just. If they if they go down zero and three, they were the favorites to win that division. The Jags looking how they are. The Titans finally got a got a win, but I mean, they haven't looked good all season. I mean, it's just it, it's getting crazy, and I mean the divisions are getting shaken up already. I don't know how the Broncos are two and one. They I mean, they might be worse than the Bears. Well, that's that's a funny thing. The AFC West was supposed to be the the vaunted. Uh, division in football the, the best assembly of talent maybe we've ever had in one division and so far raiders winless yep looked like booty all season long um chargers got their ass handed to them broncos country let's ride look terrible absolutely terrible they won that game but only because someone had to win that game yeah, yeah, one of the that more, was the yeah. worst game I've ever seen. Yeah, one of the more ugly displays of football I've ever seen. And someone, so I saw a great tweet. Someone said, "When college teams play bad, at least it's kind of funny because they're like 19 years old and like they're just like these goofy, like fuck, these goofy dudes." 
Um, but like when NFL players, when NFL teams play that horribly, it's not funny at all. And in fact, it's just really sad. To I mean, I, I would rather watch that, uh, that snow wind game, whatever it was, the crazy yeah. weather game of the Bills and Patriots last year. Yeah. I would watch that a hundred times. Give me, times give me exciting weather at least. Yeah. yeah at least was, I can cheer for the weather. That was, that was, <laughs> that, it was like watching paint dry and, and the, the Broncos offense looks so discombobulated. Russell, I mean, the, their timing looked absolutely horrible. The only receiver who Russ seems to have much of a connection with is Cortland Sutton. Yeah. And other than that, I mean, no, but Jerry Judy looked lost half the time. Their big tight end did not, they, they, they just looked like they hadn't, they looked like they hadn't gone through camp together and like they hadn't gone through the first few weeks of the season. I mean, it, it was a really poor display by Russ. And then, I mean, the Chiefs still look great, but obviously a lot of, uh, so far this year, a lot of the hype surrounding the AFC West seems to have been just that hype. It hasn't been substantiated so far. But Yeah, I agree. But uh, in other news, the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, really, really tough loss. Um, absolutely terrible. And it's, it's funny, TJ, because the coming into the season, the big question mark surrounding the Steelers was the offensive and everyone was saying, why did we extend Chuck Sokorafor in the offseason? He's garbage. So far, he's been one of the best, best tackles in football, best left tackles in football. He's been fourth out of 66 in terms of uh, uh, pro football rankings. Um, Dan Moore has been a liability, but Kevin Dotson's played great. Mason's Cole's played great. Jason Dan James Daniels have played great. James Daniels, that was arguably the Bears' best O-lineman yeah. last year. Uh -huh. And so, I mean, he's definitely... He's good. Yeah. Like, he very underrated because he was on the Bears all line, which obviously that is not where you want to be associated <laughs> with. But he was arguably the best yourself. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be there. And so far, the lines open holes for Najee. It's, they've given Trubisky time. But the play calling, this is some of the most passive and – uninspired play calling I've ever seen by Matt Canada, who supposedly when he took the reins um, as our offensive coordinator, he was supposed to be this brilliant offensive mind as, I mean, I, you've, we've heard the shtick a million times that this guy's the next great offensive mind and he's going to find a way to reinvent football and incorporate everyone. But truly, I mean, Matt Canada was supposed to revolutionize the way the Steel Pittsburgh Steelers ran offense. And right now we don't utilize the middle of the field for shit. We don't throw the ball over 15 yards. We throw five-yard curl routes and five-yard outs into the flats. And it's so incredibly boring and so incredibly predictable. And I don't know if it's because Mitch lacks the ability to throw it downfield consistently and accurately. Because um, I, I think that's probably part of it is on Mitch. Um, I just don't think there's a mutual trust between him and Canada. So as an, as an ex bears fan, what, what do you make of, of the situation? And Mitch's, I don't know, the, the all around inability to, to create much offense, but specifically Mitch strolling there. So I think the main thing is Mitch gets a lot of hate, right? Cause he's quarterback mm -hmm. sometimes for good reason, but I mean, how many balls did Deontay Johnson drop in that the last two drives where they could have gone down and at least gotten some points. That's true. That's true. I mean, like Deontay Johnson, I don't, and I, I don't want to put all the blame on Deontay Johnson, obviously, because Trubisky still needs to make solid throws throughout the game. But the one thing that stood out to me was 
because I, I I'm cheering for Mitch. Mm-hmm. Most of Chicago is cheering for Mitch. The people that still hate Trubisky is I mean they're, they're we don't we don't care about them. Mm-hmm. We don't associate with them. They're, yeah. They're There's doing not much animosity, hype. and there shouldn't be. Yeah. There really shouldn't be much. They're animosity. doing it for the hype. Yeah. And so Deontay Johnson, there was many times where for a first down or for good chunk yardage just bounces off his hands or he he doesn't really make an effort to like reel it in or something like that like it it was it was hard to watch because like i knew instantly while watching it like this is all going to come down on mitch they're going to see his numbers going to say like oh well he couldn't lead him down there and the one thing i always said about mitch when he was on the bears was when he's in a two-minute offense he can rip down the field i mean like it got to the point where I was like, dude, let's just run a two-minute offense all the time. Oh, every time. Like, right. just tempo, tempo, tempo. Because he seems most comfortable. Yeah. It? I mean, and I mean, I know the defense plays it differently and all that, and you got to establish the run and blah, 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 whatever. But he can kill it in a two-minute offense. And, I mean, he was. He, he was putting the ball right where it needed to be on Deontay because Deontay's his Allen Robinson, right? Safety and he, Yeah, he always has that big guy, the big athletic guy that can right. – Make make plays for you, and you know you have a reliable pass catcher. Mm-hmm. Except it's Deontay Johnson, and he only catches passes when it doesn't matter. That's true, and it, it, a lot a lot of the the talk about his drops has been in terms of, of statistics. He he ranks he's relatively average, actually a little better than average uh, in terms of, of drop percentage. But it seems like he drops balls at the biggest moments, and he drops balls that you remember. Yeah. Um, which you can't account for that with the statistics, but it's certainly a really important component of his game that he just doesn't, uh, for whatever reason, I mean, you can, you can call it pressure, you can call it just coincidence, but he doesn't seem to catch the big balls when they matter. Um, and we saw that again on Sunday. But I, th- there's kind of another issue with Najee. Uh, I saw a supercut compilation on Twitter of him missing holes that the line's opening for yeah. Which is really bad. I mean, there there was a few this last week. There was two specifically, eighteen wheeler sized holes. Like your truck could have driven through there, could have parallel parked in that hole pretty easily. And Najee Harris somehow decided to bounce it to the outside and and put his shoulder down and hurdle someone for like four yards, which is great. But he could have had like twenty yards if he cut it upfield, and he just didn't. He didn't seem to notice it. Um, so that's concerning because on one hand, like I love Steelers fans. We love his ability to make something out of nothing comparatively. Oh yeah. The, the, the nothing is zero yards and the something's five yards. So like we, every, but every yard just seems so hard earned by him and his usage rate is huge. Like we, he shoulders more of the offense for, for our offense than I would imagine just about anyone in the league does for, for their offense. It's, it's unbelievable how much, how much he's tasked with doing. Um, and that makes me worried about, you know, his future long-term. Can he stay healthy? I mean, at this rate, he just can't handle all these touches we're giving him. So yeah, especially when he's just deciding to go into contact every time. Right. Which, yes. I mean, he's known for that now. Like that's his thing. Right. But <laughs> Najee, when it's open, you gotta yeah, take, it. take the easy ones. Take the layups. Crack one for 15 yards. I mean, a lot of the times you're not even going to get touched for seven, eight, nine yards downfield. So 
that's that's a little bit concerning. But I mean, luckily within within the division, um, I mean that's a tough L to take to Cleveland. But I mean, we'll bounce back. Jacoby Brissett doesn't really scare me. They're the Cleveland Browns. They're going to shit the bed. It's just nature. <laughs> I mean, it's like death taxes and Cleveland Browns shitting the bed. So. I'm not necessarily concerned with the I Browns. Feel like that's how term. most Steelers fans feel. Yeah, about the Browns. It's there's, always it's just the same old Browns. There's no worry. There's no worry with the Browns. With the Ravens, it's a true like grit rivalry. A oh, hell yeah. of a lot of respect. With the Browns, it's it's uh, I'm I'm just not afraid of them. And this year too, like we'll probably get our ass kicked by the Ravens. That's fine. They're a better team, like top to bottom. It's just fine. The defense is, is iffy right now, but we don't have the offense to take advantage. So yeah, <laughs> that works out true. well for them. The uh, Bengals. I mean, yeah. the Bengals are still there, even yeah. though they haven't looked like it this yeah. season so far. But that's true. They're still there. They're on the up. Like they'll they'll put it together. I yeah. mean, even if uh, I mean, man, uh, uh, Sauce Gardner looks so good locking down Jamar Chase. Really, oh, really yeah. well. Nobody does that to Jamar Chase, and Sauce just did it. Yeah, Sauce he, just sauced him. He's been very very good this year. But, I mean, the Bengals did the same thing last year, where they started off very slow. I mean, they played the Bears. Last year, and we got three picks off of Joe Burrow. I mean, it's you want to say that okay, yeah, the Bengals are showing who they really are now. Like that was just they got hot at the right time, whatever. But no, I don't think so. I think they have the talent for it. Their O line is supposedly way better, even though I mean they have been terrible. Yeah, the first the first couple games. Last game was better. It's been ugly, but uh, ugly. I, I think they're gonna be fine. They're I would say they would win the win the division because uh-huh. I mean there's not much competition besides the Ravens. Yeah, and I mean you still have to worry about the Steelers because Coach T. We'll I be mean, there. We'll be there. I don't doubt it. I mean we'll find a freaking yeah. way. Coach, Coach T's gonna go nine and eight mm-hmm. or eight eight and one. Yeah. He's not gonna have a losing record. <laughs> yeah, you can guarantee that. So, but yeah, it's the Ravens. They need to get their secondary healthy because they've been getting tore up. And now this week they play against the Bills. And task. I have the Bills, and we're going to do a best bets segment. Mm-hmm. And the Bills minus three is my best bet for yeah. sure. Because, <laughs> I mean, Stephon Diggs is going to go off for 150-plus and yeah. probably two two touchdowns. Yeah. Gabe Davis is going to get a deep one. I mean, they right. got absolutely tore up against the Dolphins, and I think it's going to be pretty much the same thing, And except now it's better. Right. It, instead of Tua, it's Josh Allen, and yeah. instead of Tyreek Hill, it's Stephon Diggs, which, I mean, to me, they're pretty even, but yeah. Jalen Waddle and Gabe Davis, like, it's it's pretty much the same thing in receivers, but now you got Josh Allen throwing. I mean, it's it's lined Scary. up to be a very big scoring game for one team. Right, right. and it's not the Bengals. It's not the Bengals. <laughs> Scary proposition for folks in Cincy, because, yeah, Bills are coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, do they look good. Yeah, I mean, and now, I mean, let's start talking about my Bears. <laughs> Bring it on. Well, what do you got for me? Because, uh, and real quickly, I just want to touch on one thing. I had alluded to it earlier. The the uh, the Bears and the Steelers actually rank one and two in uh, in one category through the first three weeks of the season across the NFL. Um, I will give you a crisp hundred dollar bill if you can guess what that category is. I mean, it's got to be something with. Is it something with passing? It, it relates to offensive ineptitude and inability to to move the ball. <laughs> is it passing yardage or like average air yards? It is a percentage of drives that end in a three and out. 
Oh yeah, that's yeah. Right now, makes a lot of sense. Actually, (laughs) right now, thirty-four percent of the Bears' drives and thirty-three percent of the Steelers' drives ends with the three and out. Oh my! Which is just it it tasks the it it makes life hard on the defense, and it just goes to show. um, It goes to show an inability to build momentum. Yeah, I think an inability to because I mean not necessarily. I mean NFL fans would know that not every drive can or will or should. I mean should should they should uh not every drive can or will end in a in scoring but it's to get that, that feeling of getting a few first downs and knowing okay the offense looks like it's stabilized a little bit we're a little bit explosive today that's a good feeling nothing's more deflating than a three and out so yeah um, to go along with that mm-hmm. the one thing that i noticed watching the jags is no matter what they always have a very strict game strict game script mm-hmm. to start the game when you see trevor lawrence come out there with the offense for their first time I mean, he is just whipping it around with full confidence. Like, this is, I know this is what we're doing. There's no surprises here. Right. Like, I know when we're going to run. I know when we're going to pass. I know that we're getting guys schemed open, stuff like that. And, I mean, for the Steelers and the Bears, that is just not happening. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, because the Jaguars look good every every time they're on the field first. Yeah. And the Bears, I mean, it's, you never know what the hell's going to happen with them. So, I mean, let's just get into this. This is... There, there's a lot of things that I've been thinking about, especially since the Packers game. The, the Niners game, we were on a very, very large high. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, like the first, the first half, we were all thinking like, all right, yeah, same old Bears. Like here we are. But second half, Justin Fields comes out. He has two, two touchdowns through the air. One, Dante Pettis was, I mean, wide open, broken coverage. Although. It, I don't even know if you can consider a broken coverage because the play lasted for like 11 seconds before Justin Fields threw the ball. Um, but then the Equinemius St. Brown touchdown, that was a beauty. Mm-hmm. And so that one, I mean, that got us going. We were all like, oh, this is this is the guy. Khalil Herbert ended up scoring a touchdown that game. Mm-hmm. Three touchdowns in one half for the Bears. Does not happen. Never happens. No. That does not happen. No, Kyra that's... Santos missed the extra point on two of those, but yeah. we're talking about <laughs> we won't that. Talk about that. that yeah. was a, they were playing in a hurricane. Yeah. So, but I mean, it was it was a very large high for us. Mm-hmm. And, and since? And since? <laughs> then we go on to week two against the Packers. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to control myself the whole time, like all week long, like reminding myself, like it's still Aaron Rodgers. And no matter what Bears fans want to say, he owns us. It sucks, but he owns us. There is nothing you can say to, to break that. He owns us. Mm-hmm. And so all week long, I was trying to remind myself, like, yeah, it's still Aaron Rodgers. Like, he doesn't have a high-powered name to throw to. He doesn't have any big boys this time. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I've seen Aaron Rodgers make do a lot. So... Going going into that game, I was I was confident in a way. I kind of figured we would lose, but I thought we would make it close because last year, the second game that we played against the Packers, it was I think it, it ended forty to forty five to thirty. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the Bears put up thirty points, so that's automatically like hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't care if we lost; we put up. Yeah, you never points. see that. Never. Yeah, and that was in a naggy offense, and mm-hmm. we we've been told this whole time like. Luke Getzey's got this, got this offense going. Right? Everyone's bought into it. 
it's going to be way better play. It's not going to be three-yard little stick routes the whole time, all that. Like more tight, explosive, right. Tight end screens on third and 21, like no more of that. Yeah. And We're going to so, chuck it. We're going to be aggressive. Yeah. We're going to try to freaking score. And so that's what we've been being fed. And I understand the, like, our run game is insane. Like, Khalil Herbert can go off. Monty's obviously our starter. He goes off. Mm-hmm. And so when, when they're pounding the rock like they are, feed them. Like, I didn't – I wasn't getting too worried about, like, the throwing opportunities for fields. But they – he had 11 throwing attempts, right? Pass attempts. And Luke Getsey called, I think, 20 pass plays. Justin Fields ran on, I think, six of them. And he got sacked on a couple of them or something like that. And then, you know – and so when you see that, like, okay, we want him to run the ball, right? But the way he's running it, and we saw this against the Texans too, like he's just not reading a defense. Mm-hmm. So I understand fully. Okay, if you can give it to your running back and he can get eight yards. Do you mean, do you mean that in, in your estimation he's too quick to run? Um, or he's not, I think, he's not taking what I they're think giving he him. takes too much time to figure out where he's going to throw the ball, mm-hmm. so he has no choice but to run. Okay. Not and, getting through his reads fast enough. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's very obvious if you like, sit there and actually watch him on the drive. Mm-hmm. When he steps back, I mean, he's just like, kind of flustered. He, had, he has no yeah. clue what to do mm-hmm. unless the receiver's just wide open. And, I mean, we can't be doing that, Justin. Like, you yeah. got to get the this ball out. too. If you watch yeah. every good quarterback in the league, mm-hmm. they're getting the ball out. He ranks dead last in time to throw. and that's, Which is an indication. That's, that's one of the key indicators of, of where you're, how you're going to progress. So that's, that's yeah. good. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And the, the O-line, at least before week three, I don't know how it is now, um, but, I mean, they still did well in week three. They were – I think number one in pass block win percentage. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this terrible old line that we're supposedly have—it's—it's it's doing its yeah, job. Yeah, they've elevated. Mm-hmm. They're they're killing it in the in the rush blocking too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah. it's it's you the can't can't be it. pointed can't at them. It. Yeah, exactly. Sure. You cannot blame it on them mm-hmm. anymore. And so now you got to just sit back and you got you got to bite the bullet. It's Fields. Well, on the same token with uh, Justin. Justin Fields, TJ, um, I'm sort of, or the Steelers rather, are in a sort of a similar boat with um, Mitch Trubisky because there's a whole contingent of fans that are calling for him to kind of take the reins of the offense from Mitch, um, if for no other reason than to give us a spark because we seem to be lacking it at the moment. Um, And, you know, you look around the league and I see, you know, Tua right now balling out. He struggled mightily for the first few years of his career. I mean, and he might revert back to that. Who knows? The sample size of him being like a gamer isn't big enough yet for us to like christen him. But at the moment, he looks like he's taking that step. Josh Allen went a couple years. His first year in the league, Josh Allen was trash. He was absolutely terrible. And I think a lot of people forget that. He wasn't making the right reads. He was overthrowing a lot of his receivers through a ton of picks. Um, And he ascended pretty quickly in year two and into year three. So... Um, I mean, uh, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that it takes time and it takes patience and it takes a lot of repetitions in order for a quarterback to get comfortable. Um, but I think Justin Fields is reaching that threshold um, beginning of year two where he's going to have to start showing more consistent flashes of 
um, average to to above average play. I mean, because right now he's he's pretty steadily and pretty consistently uh, giving the Bears below average quarterback play. So there needs to start being some indicators. Or else, I don't know. I mean, is 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 he going to start to? Is there going to start to be worries and troubles and rumblings? Like you tell me. Oh, I think there's already worries. Uh-huh. I mean, we we don't ever really expect like high level QB play, right? In Chicago, I mean, they, it's not the expectation. Just, yeah, we haven't had anything to prove that De- at all. Devoid of good quarterback play. Yeah. yeah. So, except for sexy Rexy, of course. Oh yeah. Because we we, 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 just, to a Super Bowl. we we respect and admire sexy Rexy on this show. So uh yeah, I mean Justin, it's he he's been worse than last year, which is crazy because it's hard to fathom. <laughs> last year, I mean he he showed a lot of flashes in almost every game. He had some flashes of like, okay, that's a that's a good quarterback. Yeah, he's just he's gotta be let loose, and we pretty much all blamed Matt Nagy and his offense. Yeah. And and it it was kind of it, it's worrisome to see this year. And I understand everyone saying like, okay, like new system, whatever. Like, and I get that, and I like I'm giving them that benefit of the doubt a little bit. But it doesn't make up for the throws he's making. It doesn't make up for him being last in the league in time to throw. And no matter what your system is, I mean, it has a little bit of a it's got something to do with it a little bit related yeah yeah so i mean at the very least you'd like to see that uh that time to throw uh number go down quite a bit because at the very least you'd want him to be decisive even even if a lot of those are incompletions um you'd rather those incompletions come with him seeming to know where he needs to put the ball somewhat instantly and going through his progressions very quickly rather than seeming really overwhelmed in the pocket yeah, and what I was trying to get to was the new system doesn't really have much to do with him being able to read a defense or be able to read through your progressions. I mean, it's it's hard to watch because after the game comes out, I mean, we have like the whole sky cam to look at and everything, and we have the whole field that's visible to us. But I mean, there's just too many open receivers that he's missing that he has he has a lot of time to throw, and he'll either be looking around, doesn't make a decision, and then ends up running, or he gets sacked. And it's – I don't want him getting sacked because, one, I don't want him to get injured. Two, he fumbles a lot. Way too much. So – Way too much. Like, obviously, you don't – you never want your quarterback to be sacked, but, like, we have legitimate worries mm-hmm. because he's a running quarterback, so he needs to be mobile. And if he tears an ACL or something like that, getting sacked, like, that – could be pretty devastating. Yeah, it could be sunk. And then well, that, that also, fumbling just fumbles. Yeah, so. th- and that fumbling was a problem at Ohio State too. Uh, he didn't throw a whole lot of picks, but it was it was troublesome how much how much he fumbled. So um, that's something that he's going to need to work out of his game. Yeah, uh, relatively. And I know like, they've been trying to have him like get used to like having two hands on the ball mm-hmm. at all times, but he also never picks up a guy coming from his backside. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't seem to feel it. He doesn't have much pocket awareness, yeah. which, I mean, that's got to be something that you have to grow into in the NFL because right. you're not playing against 20-year-olds anymore or 19-year-olds. And you have some grown men. And you have much more complicated schemes. Yeah. Uh, blitzes are coming from all angles at all times, and it's it's not college anymore. Um, so it's it's a, the learning curve can be steep, uh, but at this point you'd like to see 
more good signs than you're seeing right now. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of yes men for Justin Fields right now, like in Bears media. I, all I see is people like, oh, well, his new system, like he's still young, he's only got 13 career starts, whatever, like all good excuses. Mm-hmm. But like, Fair. yeah, when he's, it's it's not just some digression from from his first year. It's it's a lot. Yeah, and I mean, last year he didn't seem like it was that hard for him to read through defenses, mm-hmm. and he's he's been working on his footwork. He's been working on his throwing motion, which, I mean, those were both things that were knocks against him. Yeah. So I'm glad he's working on that. But, I mean, your throwing motion doesn't matter when you don't throw. Right. So yeah. that's, yeah, when that's that, kind of a big thing there. Right, yeah. So th- that's the first order of business. <laughs> so it, it's, it's tough to see. And I, I, maybe it's just something like he's thinking about that thing way too much. Like yeah. maybe he's thinking about his throwing motion or like how he's got his left foot in front of his right foot instead of his right in front of his left or whatever. Right. I hope it's just him overthinking about the things he's been working on trying to fix right? rather than anything else. But right now he doesn't look like a first round quarterback. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, I, I don't think it's crazy to say right now, as it is take like not taking into consideration, like, okay, yeah, he's still young, like all that. And he has a lot of upside. Yeah. Davis he's, Mills he's be worse than Davis Mills. Than is is good. Da- Davis Mills. Davis Mills was good last year. Yeah. He's very yeah. underrated. Yeah. But Justin Fields, I mean, he looks like the actual worst, worst. QB in the league. Yeah. And I've, I've spent all summer just going, going to bat for this Singing guy. Singing his praises. Yep. And you certainly I have. have. <laughs> I mean, everyone that I've I said to, they're all coming back at me like, oh, yeah, yeah. how's that feel now? And it's like, you're right. Like, I have nothing to say. It's sour I, I taste of things thrown back at you. And yeah. it's, it's tough because it, there's, there's always the, you know, there, there's an, uh, an expectation. And a lot, a lot of folks in, in sports media especially, uh, they want to find one neat and tidy answer to the questions that are plaguing their team. Um, so it's, it's unfair to put everything on him, just like it's unfair to put everything on, um, just like it was unfair to put everything on Navy last year. So, um, in all, I mean, it's, it's probably a mix of everything, but he certainly hasn't shown out out of, if he's going to control the controllables, he hasn't done a good job of controlling the things that he can control. And I'm, I'm tired of him in his press conferences. Like, Oh, I I know I played bad. Like I got to go watch film. So yeah, no dude, like. Film's not going to help you anymore because mm-hmm. it's not you like going through your progressions and like hitting someone or like just missing one person here or there. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to watch film, you just got to turn on the whole game <laughs> and just go to your drives every single time. Yeah, you don't need like, to splice okay, it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just watch at. you. Like, just going to watch some film uh-huh. is just like, okay, I made a few mistakes here. Like, let's clean those up. No, like, dude, you got to watch the entire game. Yeah. And see that, okay, this guy was wide open. This guy was wide open. Like, it's, and, it, and they're wide open. Yeah. And, and there are throws that he can make. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's got the arms. Last, yeah. last week, it was his two picks last week. The one, Komet, he overthrew him by far. I don't know if he uh-huh. thought he was throwing to Darnell Mooney, who runs like a 4-3. But no, you're throwing to Komet, a tight end. Yeah. And he just overthrew him by a mile. Yeah. And it, it's his picks this year have been very, like, dumb mistakes. Yeah. For lack of a better term. And it's been, it's been frustrating to watch. And I'm still trying to hold hope. And like I'm not, I'm not saying he's a bust or anything yet. Like I mean, it's he it, he has only started 13 games, right? But it's just hard to watch and see that 
and know like I mean Cooper Cooper Rush is better than Justin Fields. Yeah, undrafted, and he's only started three games, and he's right. three zero, right. and he's done very well in all of them. Yeah. So and another another point uh, that that bears consideration too is that I think for the entirety of their careers, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are are kind of going to be linked because oh, yeah. they went to high school. 15 minutes apart from each other in South Georgia. Then, uh, of course, Lawrence went to Clemson. Justin initially went to Georgia and then transferred to Ohio State. Um, met each other in, in the, the college football playoff numerous times. Um, so their arcs are, are really similar in a lot of ways. And it only serves to make Justin Fields look worse, the fact that Trevor Lawrence is playing really good football because yeah. um, he is he seems to be showing signs of, of growing comfort and, and kind of coming into himself as an NFL quarterback and that's that's devoid in, in Justin's game right now he hasn't shown that but the season's young we're three weeks in who knows Justin Fields might light it up the next couple yeah. of weeks I mean it's a lot of overreacting at this point yeah but, but it is we, hard to watch yeah <laughs> and it's it's bad real quick what did you make of last week his comment post game about not doing it for the fans? Well, did, so, did you did you make much of that? Because it sounded to me a little bit like his he maybe spoke too quickly and didn't quite realize what he was saying. That's that's pretty much what it is. Uh-huh. It's not like the fans that actually got pissed and were all like, "Oh my god, like he hates us, like he doesn't want to do anything for the fans, whatever." Like, no, stop overreacting. First of all, you don't matter. Like, we do not matter as mm-hmm. fans. We yes, we pay to go to the games. We whatever. We cheer them on. Yeah. But, then, but, like, are you getting on the field other than being right. a streaker? No. Yeah. And you get traded or you get uh, you get released and signed with a new team. You're playing for a new group of fans who are equally as passionate, in, in a lot of cases, just as passionate as the fans of the other city. So Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, was, it was annoying to see the fans' reaction to it. Um, when I first saw it, I, I was, like, taken aback for a second. I was like, wow. Like, that, that was kind of wild. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he, he says a lot of that stuff all the time. Like, if you actually go back and, like, watch some of his press conferences, he's said things like, we only care about who's in this locker room, stuff like that. And, like, I mean, you can spin it any way you want, and you can spin it to be like, oh, well, he doesn't care about what the fans think. And, I mean, if he doesn't, he doesn't. Like, who cares? He's, if he, if he, he's if the all, one playing football. Yeah, as long as he balls out, which he hasn't done. Yeah. <laughs> but if, if, if he's playing well, those things don't matter. And yeah, all, all I made of it was just that he's, he's committed to the guys in the locker room. That's his number one priority. And he didn't necessarily even have to mention the fans at all. He could have left it at that, but he kind of made the, the mistake of doing that. And his words, yeah, I think it his was, words sort of got tossed back. Yeah, and he came out and said, like, he was already frustrated with the game. And one of the biggest things he's said his whole career in Chicago, the young career has been, he wants to beat the Packers because he understands that rivalry and he, like, it's important to him. And so it's, it's understandable. Like he was very frustrated with how that game went and how he played. And so he admitted, like, I didn't want to be up here on stage and talking to the media or anything like that. So like, it's not crazy to think like, okay, you're not going to think through everything you're saying. Like you just want to get it out and get, get out of there. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's fans need to not overreact to that stuff. But I mean, really, it's it's them in the locker room. Like, yeah. We're just there to cheer. We're, we're there to be entertained by them. Mm-hmm. So, and this is their life. Like this right. is how they make their living. Right. So we have nothing compared to them. And then fans coming out and saying like, "Oh, I've been a fan of this team for twenty years. You've only been on this team for two. 
like, okay, but within his first week, he put in more work than you. So <laughs> right. shut yeah. up, sit yeah. back and relax, and just watch the bad football. Yeah, stay in your lane and enjoy enjoy the bad offense. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's funny you brought up uh, work, TJ, because I got a question for you. Do you like making money? I do. I like making money too. And on this show, we strive to help you make a little money. And that's why we'd like to go into a little segment we call our best bets of the week, where we're going to tell you just exactly the teams that you should be putting your money on in order to yield the best results. Uh, TJ, I'll hand it over to you first off. Who, who do you see making our listeners some money this week? So I think I touched on it earlier in the show. And the clear and obvious one to me is definitely the Bills. Um, the Bills minus three right here. It's I don't say the L word. Mm-hmm. We don't say lock on this show at all because nothing's ever a lock. Mm-hmm. Any given Sunday. And it's cursed. As soon as you say lock, it's cursed. Yeah, and except for that, that one. That one was just an example. So you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, no. know what I'm talking and about. Any subsequent uses of the L word are prohibited, but that one was just preliminary. Yeah. <laughs> so right now it's at minus three, uh-huh. but it's juiced to the Bills and – I wouldn't be surprised if it goes to minus three and a half mm-hmm. or even minus four, um, which, I mean, I would still, I would still hammer it because like we, like we touched on, the Bills wide receivers most likely will cook the Ravens secondary. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the Bills defense, even though they've been so unhealthy and like last week they were playing with so many second, yeah. second like a, string players. Like a, like a hides, yeah. Yeah, and Micah Hyde's out for the year. Yeah. I mean, but they still looked very good. Mm-hmm. And with that pass rush, it's it's crazy. I mean, I just I don't see the Ravens being able to keep up with their scoring. And I think the Bills are just going to score so many points. Yeah. I mean, the over-under is at 52.5, which is pretty high. But, I mean, it's that's not a crazy bet either. No, and the, the Bills will do their do their portion of that. They'll they could just, they could easily score thirty, knowing them and how how high octane their offense can be when they're in high gear. So, uh, but moving on, I, I like the 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 uh, Jets are favored by four this week against my Steelers, and I like the Steelers to cover in this one uh, for a few reasons. First and foremost, uh, Steelers have extended rest. Last played on uh, on Thursday night, uh, took a, a hard L to the Browns. So they'll be playing on 10 days rest, which I love. Um, and additionally, the, the Jets have actually allowed the third highest uh, passer rating to opposing quarterbacks. Um, and that, that bodes well for Mitch being able to, to actually get moving a little bit, um, get some targets involved. Uh, to Friar Muth, I'd love to see him get involved a little bit. They um, definitely need to hit him they, some more. They need to. Um, I like I like a lot of what he brings, um, and the Jets have been somewhat susceptible to tight ends so far. Um, so I I really like the Steelers to cover. Um, I'm not sure if they'll win, but I think they'll cover that four point spread because um, that extended rest is is a huge piece. We need to get some guys healthy. Alex Highsmith right now leading the league in sacks through three weeks, which you love to see as a Steelers fan. Him that stepping is crazy. Up, him stepping up in, in place of TJ Watt, and they're impressive too. I mean, his spin move is as good as anyone in the leagues. I mean, I'll tell you what, it's, he has absolutely baffled some right tackles um, with his spin move. Um, he's been on the come up for a couple of years, and it looks like he's finally um, finally really arrived on the scene. So I'm not sure if the, if the Jets line will really have much of an answer for what we bring up front, even without T.J. Watt. Um, I like the Steelers to cover. So that's, I mean, I like that pick a lot. My next one would be the Falcons money line at plus 106 right now against the Browns. Mm-hmm. 
Falcons are at home. They've looked a lot better than what people thought they would be. They've looked a lot better than what people give them credit for now still. And, I mean, like their ability to come back against the Rams a couple weeks ago and make it a game. Drake London is going crazy right now. He's a rookie. With Marcus Mariota throwing to him, I mean, who would have thought that Marcus Mariota would be going off the way he is? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy. And I think at home, I don't really trust the Browns. Miles Garrett, we didn't talk about him. Yeah. He just got into a car accident. Um, and we hope he's all right. Um, we've it heard sounds of, like non-life-threatening. Yeah, uh, non-life-threatening in, in terms of injuries. Yeah, in terms of his prospects of, of for next week, um, still a little bit unknown what what his status will kind of be but um good to know good to know he's at least going to be in football shape pretty soon yeah. if not already is i mean if you if you saw his car it was mangled it looked bad mm-hmm. so i mean thank god he he got out of that one um so i mean i i hope he plays but if he doesn't better for the bet mm-hmm. um and then Jadavion Clowney was just out last week. I don't know what, what's going on with him right now. So, I mean, if they were to be out without both of them, I mean, it, there's no reason the Falcons should be underdogs in that game. Yeah. But I don't trust the Browns' offense. Mm-hmm. And the Falcons' defense has been a lot better than what anyone would have thought anyway. So, yeah, I just – it's going to be a close one, but I do think the Falcons will be – will come out of that one a winner. Yeah, I I agree with you, and uh, it's so funny that the Falcons are uh, are one of my like favorite teams in the league to just kind of keep like half an eye on out of the corner of my eye. It's so funny to me the way Arthur Smith, their coach, has been able to incorporate Cordero Patterson, who for the entirety of his career has been maybe the biggest enigma in the NFL because you you've seen in flashes over the years how electric he can be, but. On at, at no point in his career has any offensive mind been able to figure out how exactly to tap into that on a regular basis, not in Minnesota, not anywhere else, how to actually translate that special team's uh, success into offensive success. And Arthur Smith seems to have unlocked the, the secret. And it's so funny because in contrast, they can't seem to get Kyle Pitts involved at all, the 6'6", 250-pound tight end, who should be the easiest man on the field to involve in the offense. And they don't seem to figure out how to do it, but Cordero Patterson, who no other offensive mind seemed to know how to incorporate, it's seamless. He looks great. Yeah. A lot of people thought that he'd have sort of a, a down year this year. They thought last year was going to be an anomaly. It doesn't look like it. Yeah, everyone thought that, oh, he's just too old now. Yeah. Like, there's just no way he does what he did last year again. He's got gas. I mean, he's, and he <laughs> he's doesn't even have to catch gas. the ball yeah. to keep going. Like, he's just running. He just does it. And I mean, when the Bears <laughs> had him, we were every time he was in the backfield, yeah. we were like, oh. And now you look at him and you're like, what yeah, because I mean, we loved him as a person. There's like, all right, dude, when you line up in the backfield, yeah, love him as a kicker turner and a punt yeah. turner, yeah, put him back there. But when you're in the backfield, like, we can't do squat, yeah, we, we were kind of like, oh, <laughs> yeah, but now he's in Atlanta, and I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him because now we can finally show like this is what he was drafted for, yeah. I mean, this is exactly 10, whatever 10 11 years ago, however long yeah. it was, yeah, <laughs> this is what he was supposed to be, but yeah. no one could unlock it, yeah. So, so. It's, it's just so funny to me. But um, my other uh, best bet of the week, the one I've really kept an eye on, is Bengals and uh, Dolphins. I like the Bengals' money line, um, and that's for a couple reasons. I think the, the Dolphins are a really good sell-high team this week because, um, I mean, we already talked about they got outgained mightily by the, by the Bills, and the Bills 
in most facets of the game, the Bills outplayed them last week. And, you know, the, that's the, the Dolphins got a dub. Good for them. Uh, but in terms of who actually looked more impressive, I'm not sure you can say the Dolphins did. Um, and then, you know, additionally, uh, the, the, the Dolphins like to blitz a lot. And so far this week or so far this year, they're top 10 in, in uh, blitz percentage. Um, and Joe Burrow has been really electric uh, when teams blitz him throughout his career, but even throughout this young season. Um, last year, he had 12 touchdowns and five picks when, when teams blitz. That was the best in the league. Um, and I, I, I just think that Miami's defense is a little bit overrated so far this year. Um, I think a lot of uh, their uh, what looks to be really good uh, statistical ramifications for them is actually the result of pretty bad quarterback play um, that, that they've had to play against. Save, save Josh Allen, of course. Uh, but uh, I like the I like the Dolphins here for no other reason than I think they're a great sell high the team. And, oh, the Bengals, the right, Bengals. right, of course. I like the Bengals here because yeah, the, the Dolphins. Uh, I'm not fully bought into this three and start um, in terms of them being the real deal, and I just know it's a matter of a matter of time before uh, the Bengals Bengals bust out. And Jamar Chase is bound to have a little bit of a bounce back. You know? Oh yeah, I mean I'm I'm banking on that one for sure. Um, my last pick is going to be the Houston Texans plus five and a half against the Chargers. How about that? Okay. I think the Texans so far have been my favorite team to bet on Uh through the first three weeks because, I mean, they're always going to be an underdog, Mm -hmm. right? But And they're feisty. Yeah. I mean, they are a feisty team. Kind of great. Davis Mills, you already know, like, he's he's not the best quarterback in the league. He's not going to lead you to insane offense, Mm -hmm. but he does enough to stay in a game. Their defense, led by our Lord and Savior, Lovey Smith. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he can he knows how to use a defense. Grandpa Lovey. Oh yeah. I mean, he he can do whatever he wants with a defense, and uh-huh. they're they're always going to be good. He's got a plan. So I, I just think I love Damian Pierce too. Oh, you love he, Damian. He Pierce. hit the spin move on the Bears at least thirty-five times. I mean, it was crazy. That's Every time favorite. he got he got away with it too. It's, yeah. I mean, it's nuts. How, how much he just exposed the Bears' rush defense last week. But um, I, I just think with the Chargers' injuries that they have, like Keenan Allen, he's still dealing with his hamstring. Mike Williams, for some reason, when, when he has the opportunity, it just for some reason doesn't go to him. He either has a 150-plus yard game with two touchdowns or he has damn near nothing. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I just... With Herbert being injured the way he is, I mean, he looked like he was feeling it. I mean, I don't care how much toward all you give this guy, he is feeling it. So, and I mean, every time he gets sacked, their left tackle is out for the season now. Mm-hmm. Their center is, is gone right now. I mean, their their O-line's taking a beating too, and I just think the Texans are going to get back to him. They're going to they're gonna hit him up a couple times, and he, he's going to be feeling it all game. And I just, I don't think they will have the offensive – power to make it really to to explode and beat the Texans by six. I mean, it's it's quite a bit of points. I don't think they're going to win by a touchdown. I think it's going to be a, a very yeah. low-scoring game. Grinded out fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, the over-under is set at 44-and-a-half. I, I, I would take the I under. That. That. I don't see that hitting. Nope. Yeah, I, I would take the under for sure. I see it being a 17-14 kind of game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's I don't, I don't think much is going to happen there. Mm-hmm. And Austin Eckler hasn't been getting going this year. No, he hasn't. It's, stagnant. 
Oh, yeah. I, I think he had four rushes last week for five yards. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, until you can get him going, Sony Michelle's basically leading the team in rushing. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's they, they got a lot to figure out there because they were supposed to be the chosen ones this year. Everything, they paid a lot of money. Everything came together. They got right. a little Mac from us. Right. So, I mean, they, they should be a lot better than they are. But, I mean, injuries is also yeah, just absolutely decapitated their team. So, it's going to be tough. But I, I think the Texans can can pull out with that plus five and a half there. And uh, I would say get it soon because it's, it's juiced to the five and a half. So, I don't know if it's going to go down to five or four and a half. But, I mean, I want to get it as many points as possible. Yeah, get it while you can. Because it's still the Chargers. And they can still somehow explode with everything oh, yeah. going on. So, oh, yeah. With their weapons, you can never yeah. count them out. So, I think that's, that's my best bet. I like that one a lot, TJ. I think, I think that's about it for today, huh? Yeah, and everyone, thanks for tuning in to our first episode of Cup Check. We'll be coming at you weekly with new episodes, recapping all the happenings in the NFL and beyond. Until then, we look forward to, uh, to giving you some insights next week. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and I hope you have a great weekend, okay? See ya.